you're listening to the fellow cast and this is another bring your own bible episode in which we've been following along with garth as he talks and walks and teaches us through the bible in a storytelling fashion and it's really been great to to just listen to stories instead of trying to find meaning in it and really allow the story to speak to you and and let the meaning be made known to us in in this natural kind of uh, way and so today pastor goth is going to be walking through genesis 25 all the way to 26 and we get to see some patterns as you would hear him explain of generational blessing and curses and, and things that are perpetuated from one generation to the next so really trust that you'll enjoy this one and that it would be meaningful to you as you listen enjoy Valdu, thank you again for hosting Bring Your Own Bible. It really is a pleasure to move through the Bible in this way. And today we're at the end of chapter 25 in Genesis. And we're coming to the story of Jacob and Esau, their birth. Now, from here on out, um, as I said at the end of our last session, start looking out for generational blessings and generational curses. Now, the whole purpose of God's calling to Abraham is to make him a generational blessing, a blessing to all generations, to everybody who is willing to receive the blessing through him. And unfortunately, his sin brings into his own family line generational curses. Now, one of them we started to see um, between the two wives, Hagar and Sarah, the jealousy that came in as soon as Abraham um, listened to his wife and took Hagar as a second wife. Now, it's important for me to point out at this stage that um, nowhere in the Bible ever does God approve of multiple marriages. Um, the Bible has this way of just telling a story the way it is. Um, and just because it says Abraham had two wives, it doesn't mean the Bible approve of Abraham having two wives. In fact, if you read the story, you say, wow, there's no blessing that comes from this. There's only hurt that comes from this because the one is neglected and the other one is loved. And the same from here on out all the way to Solomon with all these hundreds of wives. Um, it shows us the destruction that comes. It's, it's never been God's plan. So um, by the end of chapter 25 then, we read that um, Rebecca, just like Sarah, couldn't fall pregnant. Uh, but this grace came when Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife and she fell pregnant. And then inside of her, she started feeling uh, this jostling. And she prayed and asked the Lord, what is this? What's happening inside of me? And the Lord said, um, there's two nations in your womb, uh, two people within you. And um, the one will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. So at that time, obviously, there's no scans or sonars and stuff. Um, and yet the Lord is telling her, you have twins. There's two children in you. And sure enough, by the time that um, the kids are born, there the twins come out. And the first one to come out is incredibly hairy, red hair all over his body. Um, and so they call him uh, Esau. And um, later he will go and have a descendants, which means, uh, which is called Edom, which is red. Um, and 
as this little one is taken out, there's a hand gripping his heel. And there the second one, Jacob, comes out. And the meaning of the name Jacob is he who grabs the heel or usurper or deceiver. And unfortunately, he's going to live up to that name. Um, and as they grow up, um, we see that Esau, being the eldest, the firstborn, he has the birthright, the, the right to um, the property that dad has and the right to be the leader, um, the patriarch of the family after dad would pass away. And the biggest share of the inheritance will also be his. And Jacob has his eyes set on it. Now from the start, unfortunately, it tells us that mom, Rebecca, loved Jacob more than Esau. And he was a guy that loved the indoors. He loved to be around the house. He loved cooking things around the home. A softer guy. Esau was a guy of the field. And dad, Isaac, loved him more. Favored him above his brother. And so this jealousy started to grow between these two brothers. Just like in the previous generation, there was jealousy between Hagar and Sarah because the one was loved more than the other. Um, the one received a child before the other one did. Uh, the jealousy and envy came in. The same over here. Jealousy and envy growing between the brothers because the one is loved more than the other by mom, by dad. And so one day as Esau returned from the field, um, and he didn't catch anything. He was incredibly hungry. Um, he saw his brother Jacob was busy making a stew, a lentil stew, which would be a red stew. And he asked his brother, listen, can I have some of your stew? I'm incredibly hungry. And immediately, Jacob, obviously having pondered on this a long time, having schemed, how can I get hold of this birthright? How can I get it? Um, immediately he jumps at the opportunity and says, sure, I'll sell it to you for your birthright. Give me your birthright and I will give you some food. To which Esau says, uh, listen, what is my birthright of any use to me if I die? And uh, we know <laughs> that somebody can fast for 40 days without dying uh, he, after a day of hunting, come back, but he's so hungry and he's just a man of the flesh. And he says, this is more important than whatever else. So he agrees and he gives his birthright to his brother uh, for some bread and for some stew. And quite flippantly, the Bible says, and he ate and he got up and left. As if he thought nothing about this. Uh, it was just inconsequential, unimportant. Yeah, so it says Esau despised his birthright. Now, this is going to continue later in, the, in chapter 27 only. It sort of leaves us hanging over here. Uh, what's going to take place? Now we're coming into chapter 26. And in chapter 26, it starts off by saying, and there was a famine in the land. Now, Start to make note of the famines because in Abraham's time there was a famine and he went to Egypt. And in Egypt, what did he do? He said, um, This woman, Sarah, she's my sister, not my wife. And Pharaoh took her as his wife. Um, later again, 
he went instead around the area of the Philistines and he did exactly the same. Out of fear, he said, there's surely no fear of God in this place. So he let it be known that she's not my, um, my wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech took her. Now again, uh, Isaac will do exactly the same. There's a famine and he goes and stays in the area of the Philistines. And um, after staying there for some time, uh, Abimelech notices, hey, but you caressing this woman, Rebecca, that you said is your sister. But she's your wife, isn't it? And put on the spot, he, he acknowledges. He says, yes, I was afraid that I might be killed because she's so beautiful. Um, so I said, she's my sister. And Abimelech then said, but listen, somebody could have taken her. Somebody could have slept with her. And you would have brought guilt on us. So similarly to the time of Abraham when he did that in the area of the Philistines and also the leader of the people, Abimelech, um, took Sarah as his wife. Uh, again, we see that these people really do fear the Lord. Uh, there's really uh, good morals in the land. So he puts the word out, Abimelech, to everybody and he says, if anybody touches this man or his wife or anything that belongs to him, they will be punished. So he really has favor with Abimelech and he receives protection. So the Lord actually told him, uh, Isaac, do not go down to Egypt because of the famine, but stay here in the area of the Philistines and I will, I will greatly bless you and prosper you here. So he stays there for quite some time. He actually, um, in that first year, plants a field and he reaps a hundredfold and his flocks increase so much so that the Philistines become jealous of him. And um, because uh, he becomes more powerful, Abimelech comes to him and says, listen, maybe you should move away from us because you're becoming too strong for us. And so he moves into the Gerar Valley, which is not far away from them. Um, but the, the herdsman of the Philistines starts to uh, close up the wells and starts to bicker over the water with Isaac's herdsmen. Until it comes to the point where they actually have to make a treaty. Um, Isaac starts opening up the wells that his father Abraham have dug. And as they open it up, uh, the Philistines come and say, no, it's our water. It's ours. And then he goes and he opens up another one. And no, it's ours. And eventually it comes to the point uh, where they actually make a deal um, with the Philistines, a treaty. And uh, on that day, when his men come back and say, but listen, we've opened up another well. And finally, this one belongs to Isaac. He calls it um, the well of blessing. And it eventually becomes known as, um, or, the, or the well of seven. Eventually it becomes known as Beersheba, which is a place that we uh, will get to know still all the way into the New Testament. Now, this whole passage about the wells being opened up again, um, in recent time, it's, it's become a theme for the church, a theme of, listen, there's blessings of old, there was blessings of healing. Let's open up that well again because it's part of our heritage. It's part of what we should have in Christ. There's been blessings of worship. 
um, let's open up that well in this church because that's part of what we must enjoy as God's children. There's blessings of um, miracles, um, blessings of words of knowledge. Let's go and open up those wells because that's part of what we have in Christ Jesus. So it's a beautiful picture that's been preached on more and more in recent times. Um, to say that in the previous generations it was there why don't we have it now let's open up that well again it is available to us Um, but then I want you to keep in mind that in the next generation there'll be a famine again in Jacob's time and in Jacob's time they'll go to Egypt and God has made the way already through Joseph Um, so there's these in three generations three famines Let's keep in mind what the Lord says. If you obey me, if you seek my ways, it says in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, then I will bless you. But if you don't, then um, your fields will not prosper. Um, You will not have enough food. Your flocks will not multiply. They'll die away. In other words, obedience brings blessing. So we have to ask the question. This is now, uh, it's going to be three generations of famines. Why is there famine in this land? Because the people of the land do not seek the Lord. And for that reason, in this period of grace, the Lord allows them still time to seek him. But eventually he's going to say, all right, now I will give the land to somebody who will seek me, who will obey me. And that will be Jacob's descendants, the Israelites. So in our next session, then, we will look into chapter 27 and we'll see how this whole crisis of jealousy breeding between Jacob and Esau eventually culminates into a family torn apart. A brother that has to run away um, to far away distant family in order to spare his life. So uh, we also will be speaking about the whole concept of predestination. Um, how is it that God already in the womb says that there's going to be two nations, there's going to be two brothers, and there'll be um, jostling between the two of them, and the younger one will be stronger than the older, the older will serve the younger one. How is it that God prophesies into the womb of this woman, and we see it playing out in their lives? So the big question also around this is always, uh, what choice did Jacob and Esau have in their life and in their relationship with one another and in the family. Uh, Is all of this just God playing it out in their life or is it their choice? Go read it and think about that for our next session. Thanks, Valdi. Thank you again, Garth. It feels like we're hitting a nice momentum and rhythm in in listening to these stories. It's really great to, to recount them in this way. So thanks again. And if you've been listening, you can look forward to more episodes coming your way in the next couple of weeks, probably for a for quite a while still, because the Bible we're only in Genesis and there's still a lot of storytelling left to do. Uh, If you've been enjoying this series, please please feel free to uh, send put a comment in the comment section or send us an email at voldu at thefellowship.co.za. We'd love to hear your feedback and maybe even if you have some questions regarding uh, what Pastor Garth has been talking through you're welcome to send those questions and we would love to take some time out to to answer them for you until next time bye bye